there, another day, another great interview. And this time we're meeting a true forward-thinking e-commerce business, truly embracing innovation and automation, and absolutely making AI central to that journey. Richard and I had a great conversation with Ben Hodson today. Richard, it'd be great to get to share your thoughts. Yeah, thanks, Manjit. Ben is Marketing Director at CMO Stores. And the story is an amazing one for those who want to think big, but want to start small and move fast. And how in under a year, they've made some big wins by keeping their customers at the heart of their business and using AI technology to deliver real benefits to them. So I'm going to hand it over to you, Manjit, who kicked off the discussion. So Ben, welcome to our podcast today. It'd be great to introduce yourself to our listeners and tell us more about CMO Stalls. Yep, sure. Uh, thank you for having me today. Um, pleased to be here and pleased to be sort of supporting you guys. Uh, so my name is Ben Hodson. Um, I am the marketing director at CMOStores.com. Um, CMO Stores is the uh, the largest pure play builders merchant in the UK. Um, we've been growing uh, pretty much exponentially year on year with with double digit growth, um, um, certainly uh, over the history of, of the company. Um, company was formed in 2009 and we came to market with a, a kind of a specialist vertical proposition called roofingsuperstore.co.uk um, of which we saw great success and um, within the next sort of four to five years we brought on the next vertical which is drainage superstore followed by insulation superstore uh, I think you can see where this is going doors superstore tile and floor superstore and we, we also have a specialist trade proposition um, CMO stores effectively is the, the parent company that, that sits over the top but um, uh, at the heart of, of what we do um, which is sometimes a little odd for a, for a kind of a pure play um, is is very much about cementing people at the at, at the, the core of the brand it's all about that specialist proposition that that key advice and making sure that our customer gets exactly what they want when they want, which is sort of really helping to to drive and empower the business forward as a as a as a feature of the brand. Yeah, it's interesting that Ben. Uh, there's definitely a pun in cementing people at the heart of your business. Uh, but <laughs> but but for I guess being a pure play in this space from day one has like has that allowed you to take a slightly different approach to customer experience then? Do you see yourselves as, I suppose, in many ways in your DNA, you're quite forward thinking if you were established as a, as a pure play in this sector? Do you, does it feel like that from the inside? I, I think um, it's certainly set us apart um, from the traditional merchants uh, in how we have endeavoured to to approach the customer thing. I mean, we've certainly been considered and I think we've come across as a disruptor for the first 10 years of the business. I mean, one of the, one of the biggest challenges that we've had, because we were ultimately trying to make the products um, uh, the products and brands that traditionally you might, as a, as a DIY-style customer, be a little hesitant about sort of approaching more, more um, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, more accessible to a yeah. wider marketplace. It, it, it's meant... It's meant really also taking our supply chain on a bit of a journey because we're historically, you know, people think in terms of Arctic loads of, of kind of stock. We were sort of saying, yeah, but our customer just wants one, yeah. you know. So so it, it, it's invariably been about educating um, the supply chain first and getting those guys on board and understanding and rationalizing and realizing that the value of of new opportunity by, you know, by having this, this route to market. Right. 
Um, and when we were quickly, reasonably quickly able to sort of demonstrate that the success people have sort of jumped on board and that's been real key to to the success of this business. Just picking up on that point then, before we jump into customer experience and CX, there's an implication there that almost in being a pure play merchant in this space, you in almost ha- would have had to find a different kind of customer to the traditional builders merchant, like the customer that does want one not a pallet load was there it was like early on and then later as you as you've sort of built a whole customer experience proposition around what you do was there a bit of searching for searching for that fit between what a customer of a pure play builders merchant wants and and how and how you service them almost it, it's certainly been a journey. Um, I think the, the the expectations from the outset was that we would be servicing a kind of a traditional merchant's customer because that was the that was the the historical experience and background of the founders of the business. You know, they came from merchant sector, they came from specialist merchant sector, and, and that's the customer they were trying to uh, attract and service. Whereas actually, the model that 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 they went to market with actually meant that they we could access a whole raft of new customers that that potentially we weren't necessarily expecting but you know what we've seen certainly over over this year um and growing year on year is is that segment growing as as a key portion of our business in terms of both value and volume sounds to me um ben that you've got actually a number of segments that you kind of need to service from a customer experience point of view but also like you said supply chain from an AI point of view, where do you even begin like your journey? Because there's so many areas of the business. Like, where do, where do you even begin to start? Um, I, I think ultimately the, the 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 emphasis for us over the last sort of year or two on this journey is is invariably about improving the experience of shopping with us. You know, it's it's it, as, as an online business, and it, it, it's often. It's often really about building that that trust and credibility with someone who who doesn't necessarily know exactly what they're looking for, and so we need to come across as as the experts in the field and as someone that you can trust. You know, we're we're, we're sort of working in a in a, a a marketplace where you've got incumbents that have been there for for, for decades. You know, Travis Perkins and Selco and MKM and and you know a lot of the big guys. So. So um, for us, it, it, it always comes back to customer. It always comes back to um, what is the, the best way that we can service our customer? Is, is there a quicker way of doing things? Is there a way that, that makes it easier for them to transact? There a, a way for them to trust us better, a way for us to deliver better for them? You know, it, it's those sort of questions that we challenge ourselves with, and that's at the heart of our decision-making as we, as we sort of look at CX as a journey for us. And how did you see AI fitting into that journey? Because like you said, there could be multiple solutions. There's your amazing teams, there's all your supply chain as well and all the people that you work with. How do you make AI as kind of part of that journey as well? I think it comes down to, um, to some of those choices you have to make about uh, scale and resource you know, and complexity. So for us, we have probably one of the largest SKU counts in the merchant marketplace. So we carry uh, around 75,000 lines across six stores, um, of which you then have, you know, I don't want to go too much into the numbers around the customers, but, you know, tens of thousands of customers that we service, all um, sort of experiencing a site on different browsers, different times of day, which which all sort of ladders up to an awful lot of experiences that to, to power uh, getting the best results sometimes through people is not necessarily the most efficient way of doing things which is where you know 
the scale that you can get from technology starts to become interesting in the conversation is at those points you go okay so if you were to service this as a as a leader in a business do you need 10 more people or do you look at technology as a solution or is it a mixture of the two because you know actually what you don't want to do is is undermine the expertise you have in the business but what is the technology that can help enable them or enable us to make better decisions faster and therefore service our customer, which is for us where we got interested in AI, mm. I think. Yeah, that's it. Picking up on that, it's a sort of fascinating thing. If you strip it back to its purest customer experience for you is, of it, there's an umbrella of trust in there, but it is, I'm a customer, it's the right product at the right price at the right time in the most frictionless, easy way possible, isn't it? And then, and then actually if you set about creating that at the sort of scale you're talking about, it's impossible not to be drawn down the sort of AI machine learning route where you think, okay, what we're talking about here is in an ideal world, I'd like a, I'd like every customer to have this hyper personalized experience. Like they, you know, I'm always telling them about things that they want to know about when they want to know it. And I'm giving them a bit at the right price and so on and so forth. Like that's that it's that complexity on top of the purity of vision that, that creates the need for, you know, supporting systems that give you the ability to make those great decisions basically is, is, is what, is what you're alluding to. Is it Ben? Is that, is that how you guys think about it? I, I think that would be a, yeah, I think that's a fair, fair kind of, um, uh, and probably a slightly more erudite um, <laughs> uh, description of, of our channel. It's tough, isn't it? Because, because that's it. That's something that I think we lose sight of. Like, like I love, even uh, name name like naming conventions like customer experience and actually what what are we talking about here? We're talking about customers that we want to have a great retail experience with us, um, and and I think when it comes to like marketing to or talking to or supporting those customers, actually a one to one conversation is the best way to 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 attract any individual. You know, if you were speaking to someone face to face, you would think you can ask them what they want. You can understand their needs. You can provide them with those goods. And if you're taking the storefront out of it and you're becoming a pure play, you need you need to recreate that personalized service at, at scale. Um, so it's so it's sort of like a very modern approach and set of technologies to deliver what is really a traditional experience. Of I walk in, I walk into the builders merchant and they know me. They know what I want, right? And it's it's quite, it's quite interesting when you think of it in that way. I always think. So in that case, how do you go about sort of like measuring the impact? Is it, do you look at like the breadth of like the, the breadth of the, I don't know, they say the communications you're sending out or the, how, how, how you're personalizing landing pages or how your, you know, or your conversion rates and taking it back to sort of classic econ metrics or, or because, because in some ways customer experience is intangible, but then if it's directly measurable on how do I feel as a customer, it's very, very measurable at the same time, right? So, like, interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the, I think I think we we have looked at it in in two two ways. So, so uh, we've looked at it very granularly uh, from the, the from an attribution point of view. Um, you know, it, it is, uh, it's a new investment. It, we want to make sure it's working. We want to make sure we're getting the best out of it. So there, there is endeavouring to to cut through all of the, the data. And there is masses of data 
you know that, that we have in this business to to understand um, impact and uh, benefit from a from a kind of a, a financial point of view from a revenue because ultimately we are a shop endeavouring to sell the right product to the right person at the right time. But there is um, as you sort of mature into the journey, what you can also start to see, and we have started to see, is is the kind of the wider benefit from the CX perspective of impact on um, repeat customer rates. So you can start to look at it almost at a second tier, um, which in time we'd expect to probably start to, to feed into a third tier, which is the benefit of the improved um, uh, the improved customer experience and how that impacts on EBITDA by channel, for instance. So, um, you know, the initial... So to, to, to long story short, the initial um, phase and the initial testing phase was very much on a what are, what are we seeing? What what is that click equating to? What is that new technology meaning from a, a kind of a a pure sort of clicks perspective and a revenue perspective? Second is well, now that technology's been in for a while, what does that mean from from a customer point of view? Repeat custom rates. Uh, and so on, and then the third sort, the third sort of tranche of it will be: well, what does that mean longer term for us as a business? So, how can we deploy this and use it more strategically uh, going forward? I was going to say because you've talked about three areas there, you know, the financial benefits, like the customer benefits, you know, etc., and other ones that you know that are kind of coming ahead. I'd be interested to see like the people side of it from your business. Like, have you got the like the AI and like the people to work together? Because it's that's that that relationship is like you said, it's where you want to be experts, and technology is like an enabler for your teams. Um, that that's a slightly trickier, um, a trickier measure for us to for for me to sort of give clear um data back on to be honest i mean the the technology that we've utilized uh has been about empowering the customer on site um but to some extent the internal engagement from that from a, a direct relationship with the ai is 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 not as easily to define i mean to some extent what it's done is relieve pressure so it's meant that i suppose from a, a customer service point of view there is less time needing to be uh, spent on educating customers, for instance. So, you know, when we can look at, say, the amount of uh, time spent on a DIY segment, um, there is potential evidence to suggest that um, the calls are more meaningful now and uh, uh, in so much as we're not necessarily needing to educate everyone and everything in their basket because actually they're getting more relevant products. But what we have is anecdote. We don't, I don't, you know, I'd love to be able to say categorically that's what we're saying. But, you know, when you, you sort of look at the question, you go, yes, you can probably say that anecdotally in the same way that for our merchandising team, um, we're able to speed up um, listing times and, and uh, product change requests and so on because we're not necessarily needing to also fulfill the necessity for uh, actually manually putting in recommendations on on products and so on. So I think that there, there probably is a, yeah, there probably is an internal case study um and i'd love to have it categoric but I, but i don't <laughs> i suppose in many ways that's the that's the mark of true tech you know tech in uh, you know com- complex tech in a in a pulling something off that's quite simple at heart you know the beauty in great technology is simplicity in a way so the fact that it's taking a burden off the teams in 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 of itself is a success which is cool um ha- going back to something manjid Magic said earlier, like thinking about almost where do you start? Now you have sort of dipped a toe in the water and you're on this journey and you guys are, are seeing, you know, see, seeing hopefully what you what you want to see and 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 you're and you're and but it still remains a journey, doesn't it? And how do you how do you think about what's next, like prioritizing the new thing, the next thing, as opposed to 
this isn't, uh, I would feel something that you start with, you get up and running and it works and then you just leave it. It's not infrastructure. It's intelligence that you're building on over, over many years, hopefully. So what, how do you, how do you guys think about that part of the journey? The, the, um, the next stage for us, the next sort of stepping stone on this journey is in continuing to mature what we're, what we're currently working with. So, um, you know, we, we have spent the year testing, analyzing, uh, and implementing sort of year two really looks like, well, how do we, how do we now capitalize on that technology and take it to the next step? Where else can we utilize it? How else can it improve the customer journey? Where else can we have those one-to-one conversations on site? You know, is, is it that, that we could utilize it in social? Can we use it more in our email program? You know, where, where are those spaces that we're not touching and we haven't touched enough that we can sort of drive this part of, of what we're doing from a, from a one-to-one personalization perspective in. Um, and I think it's it's when we sort of gone through that journey and, and seeing what we've we've learnt at those points, we then go, well, what's what's the next sort of part of the um, the technology that we can utilize to to move another facet of our customer experience forward? And whether that's supply chain, whether that's warehousing, whether that's um, from a customer service perspective, we, we don't know at this point because I think there's there's still a big tranche of opportunity for us to to move towards in um, the, uh, the the coming year as we mature what we've currently mm. got. It's a cool phrase that you use, like the word intelligence there. It's sort of like, how could we, and how do you leverage an intelligence in lots of different ways? And it's sort of, is that a sort of, is that, is that a way that you and the team see it internally? Like we've, 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 we've created this piece of intelligence and now we want to leverage it. So like use it, you, and, and there's almost a benefit to using that singular piece of intelligence or how do you like it's just I'm just picking up on the phrase it's interesting um to be honest i may have just made it up right then so i might <laughs> using it it's it's not no it's not i mean we we have you know we have a raft of, of ongoing programs that are both strategic operational and business as usual so um as as a team we we we're in constant discussion about you know have we matured that is there more to be done yeah you know what is the next step? So, so um, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that we sort of have a stream of conversation that's around AI per se. Mm. But what we do talk about is is the customer and the brand and the experience yeah. um, and the technology and how all those things interlink and what are the next steps? What are the next things we can do? How can we optimize it for the benefit of the business and also the benefit yeah. of the customer? Cool, cool. But I will be calling it intelligence from now on. So. <laughs> I'm really fascinated because you've sort of said like in the next like year we know what we're doing next year it's about accelerate accelerating what we're doing and building on that makes sense but where do you see sort of AI in the next three to five years whether you know with CMO stores or generally in e-commerce Ben? Um, it's 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 a difficult one to answer because it, you I sort of get to the point that I don't know what I don't know which is probably not. The, uh, the answer that you want to hear. But uh, um, to some extent, this why partnering with, you know, an organization such as yours is is, is so important because, because you guys come to us with, you know, these are the next things. Have you thought about this? What, what are the ways that, what are the, what are the problems that you've got that maybe we could look at from a data perspective? So, so it's, it's, I think what's, what I, I sort of flip it back a little bit and go, we sort of know the problem that we have today. We can see how we can mature it and we can see what the technology can do. But for me, the right partner is the one that's coming to me going, 
but have you thought about this there's this problem did you know that you could trial this you know it's it's so that's in terms of the next three to five years it, it's it's getting that level of input and strategic friendship into the business to help empower us in an area that we're not we're not the experts in if that makes sense no, and no, what I loved about what you said earlier is as a marketing director, as a CMO, you're starting to think about, um, you know, the journey. You talked about customers, but you also talked about your supply chain. You also talked about warehousing and, you know, distribution as well. I mean, do you see like that become like a marketer's role in the next three to five years that customer experience sits in reality across all of those? Um, <laughs> I think it depends on the organisation. Um I think any any good marketeer should have an eye for the total piece. Now, whilst whilst it's it's not a, um, an eye in terms of ownership, it's an eye in terms of 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 the business understanding, you know, what what its strength is and what it's what it's trying to do. And I think if you have that set as your vision at your core, then any member of the senior team or any member of the team should should be able to take a view on any part of the business and sort of see well there's maybe a different way we can do things have you thought about that but take an active interest in those parts of business and and help inform and and guide it forwards with whatever you know um uh, whatever uh, knowledge you, you bring into the table so um I, I, I wouldn't just say it's a marketeer's responsibility i think it's everyone's responsibility to take a view on every part of the business um and the more that we understand what we're here to do the the, the easier that conversation becomes yeah interesting that i think uh, I, I diverted away slightly. Did you, notice? <laughs> <laughs> you didn't want to. You didn't want to make a pitch for everyone else's job, <laughs> basically. <laughs> no, it's interesting though because I think, like, we're a very different business. Obviously, as Peak is a tech company, but we do try to foster that kind of collaborative spirit and and the and the idea. There's no silos. You know, it's okay to have as a leader in one part of a business an opinion on somebody else's part of the business and vice versa because actually our collective job is to in our case is the same as yours is to have is to, is to enable our customers like have 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 them have a great experience um working with peak in the same way your customers want a great experience working with you and and so that's that's everybody's job essentially and i think that that for, i'm just thinking from a tech perspective um data in a sense, but then the application of intelligence over that data is a great enabler of that, like breaking down silos, because if we get that intelligence right, the intelligence should be able to be applied in lots of different areas and benefit everybody. Um, and I think, and if you think about sort of, as I see the traditional businesses, we operate in silos with their own data sets, optimizing their own KPIs, the, the future, the future future should be actually no silos whatsoever. Um, one one business serving one set of customers or multiple sets of customers, but harmoniously, and that's the that I think that's the big step change tech is going to make actually in the next four or five years is is moving away from operational business systems to intelligence, which therefore empowers business people in a completely different way. If you can get it right, it's not going to that's not an easy thing to get right, but if you get it right, that's the that, that. well, that, that, yeah, that, I think that's the thing. It's the the, the danger of paralysis by analysis. Yeah. You need you need. And, and and you open the door to data and you always want more. But, you know, how much can you actually consume? How much can you actually work with before all you're doing is spending your time looking yeah, at data? Exactly, but, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And how do you see the wood from the tree? I think it's it's almost compartmentalizing. You used a phrase earlier, which is like, you know, about making decisions. How do you make all those decisions that would make your customers have a great experience? Some of those decisions you are trust, you're trusting to AI, 
Um, but then there are critical decisions that you cannot, you would not do that. You wouldn't do that. They, they could be brand decisions, product ranging decisions. They could be um, price and promotion decisions or whatever they might be. So it's almost like, you know, if, it, if it's all about making those, you know, brilliant business decisions all the time, getting the balance right between um, data-driven or instinct-driven human decisions versus things that we're trusting our AI capability to is, is the key in all of that, isn't it? So then you don't suffer from that analysis paralysis because you're trying to make every decision yourself at every single level in that decision scale, almost, if that makes sense. Yeah, and, that, and I think that's particularly tough when it comes to pure play because there's just so much data, right? <laughs> and equally, it's a, it's a fast-moving environment. I mean, what business isn't, to be fair? I mean, that, that's that's a bit of a general statement, but, you know, you're, you are trading on day-to-week day basis and, and you know, you need to be able to make decisions quickly because you need to, to change direction. Actually, we need to be chasing after this customer. We've had this change in the competition, you know, so... so um, actually just making sure that you've got the right level of, of information coming in um, and getting analysed to allow you to make the decisions in, in sort of real time. So you're not sort of constantly, as I say, um, evaluating on, on a historical yeah, perspective. Well, yeah, as exhibited, I guess, by this year, right? An exceptional year where like the rule book gets torn up almost for every every business in every sector, I guess. And that's yeah. and that is in in it's in in of its, uh, in in and of itself. Can get the phrase out like the challenge that AI has almost. You know, in years like this, how does how do those how do those algorithms perform when you know there's just fundamental shifts in behaviour in across all data sets? That's 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 been tough. Have you? How did you guys re- just on that topic? How did you guys react to the changing environment around sort of March April time? You wouldn't. You, you, all that historical data almost goes out the window, doesn't it? It's it, are you are you into trading on instinct at, at that at that point as lockdown hits? Our first reaction was to look after the team. So you know that that was you know obviously we were concerned for kind of the the sort of medium to longer term and what that looked like. But initially it was okay. So what do we need? What what does the team need? What can we do to facilitate the team? Um, how do we make sure that people are safe? Well, you know, how do we look after those? How do we look after, you know, our, our, our people effectively? So that, that was very much the, um, the, the emphasis and, and you know, we were actually well set up. So, um, you know, as a digital business that we had this sort of right infrastructure around us and we were able to facilitate everyone getting home and being home within about 36 hours of, of kind of decisions being made. Um, so that would that was really positive, and then it was a, it was a question of you know preparing for the worst, but also preparing for the best. And you didn't know quite which you know which scenario was going to play out. So you know we were probably looking at the decisions we might need to make, but also planning to to you know ongoing improvements because we still have to run the business. And and you know you take each day as it comes. Well, how was yesterday? We did okay. Um, uh, so let's move on and take another step forward. And we just took we just took small steps forward, and and you know then we found ourselves in the middle of June, and and we'd kind of laddered up. So um, you know from that perspective, it, it, yeah, I'm, I'm, I am waffling a touch, but it was all about yeah. our people. Actually. Yeah, no, I think and I think any knowing your business um, a little bit, it, it, the culture stands out as one of the strengths of the business, and that and a, you know the hallmark of a great company with great culture is caring. Ultimately, you've got to care about your people in a, in a situation like this, first and foremost. 
and then and then business happens after after you've done that right um but i did enjoy the second uh the second uh builder's merchant pun of the of the afternoon there with laddering up through the summer you've uh <laughs> two two from two now uh i like that uh manji you I, I think you you've got some uh thoughts on sort of uh enterprise ai and other and other areas that you wanted to touch on with ben this afternoon did you yeah, it kind of talked about what you talked about earlier, Ben, which was like the intelligent systems and how do we see AI? Let's just to get your view, because obviously we've got a perspective, but it's great, like from somebody who's been there this year, been through that journey. How do you see AI supporting organizations like yourself in, you know, in two, three, or in three years' time, maybe? I, th- I think, uh, well, for a business such as ours, we, 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 take, we take things on a project by project basis. So it, 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 it's an ongoing. It's just an ongoing learning curve and learning learning to trust, dare I say, because, um, you know, let, let's look back at sort of the, the, I suppose, development of AI over the last sort of 20 years. It, it, AI has promised an awful lot as a, as a technology. It's promised an awful lot. And, um, you know, and it's had to go through that learning curve of, of going through the test cases and failing and then improving and getting slightly better and slightly better. And you think about where we potentially are on the bell curve of, of you know, AI and AI improvements and how the intelligence is continuing to move forward. Um, you know, each and every step forward that AI makes, you know, we, we also have to start to probably trust harder in the technology to, to be more open to, to embracing other opportunities. And I think that's that's probably the journey that, that certainly we might need to go on and maybe other, other members of our, our industry, you know, that, that are potentially still... I think there's still lots of um, kind of traditional ways of working in the merchant sector um, and, and embracing, you know, technology, which, which you can't see. <laughs> Most technology you can't see, but you really can't. You're, you're sort of, you know, you're, you're plugging something into your systems and, and you, you, you can look at the data and you can, you can see the case studies, but ultimately it's, it's a really difficult one to, to trust from the outset, and I think I think it is a it's a trust journey to, to that needs to be gone on to for for us to you know truly embrace and understand the the wider opportunities that that AI can deliver. You know that whether that's our company or other companies, that's that's a, the sort of impression I'm getting. Um, but I think it also depends on on the sector. So fast fast fashion, for instance, I can imagine that the you know those guys are probably ahead of us in in their you know adoption of technology because it's a it's a more competitive landscape at that point from a from a pure play mm-hmm. perspective. So it, it does the play. It does depend. But I I can see I can really see how you know the benefits of this this form of service this form of technology this form of intelligence can help empower multiple parts of the business um i just don't have full sight of that yet. Yeah. yeah but it, it interests something we wanted to ask uh you ben as a as an early adopter i think you it'd be okay to categorize you, you guys as early adopters at this sort of scale of, of of ai um particularly in your sector but i, I mean even out with of your sector you i think other listeners hopefully would be interested in your in your learnings on, you know, if you could, if you could skip forward and and shortcut some learnings, what what would your sort of one or two um, big pieces of advice be to anyone thinking of going on the going on the journey? Oh, that's a question. Rich. <laughs> um, 
I don't think you can shortcut. If I, I think you, have, I think you have to follow the process correctly. And I think everyone who is, you know, looking to invest or take on this technology needs to take the time. Dare I say, which might not be the thing that you want to hear, but I think you need to take the time to evaluate what you're seeing, what you're getting, because the the uh, to the point back on data, there's an awful lot of data you've got to get through. So. Um, um, I, I, that, that I think would be my my key guidance coming out of this is take the time, take the time to understand it properly, take the time to um, probably take the time to understand the vision, the scope um, harder at the outset. That that would probably be a benefit to people. So I think it's useful if a business, if a, if a sort of a whole business is involved in the process, um, and I think that that can be really really critical to the success because of sort of the trust element of understanding some of the you know the games that you can gain because they, they are it, it can be really you know really really um positive that the, the games and some of the ones that some of what we've seen have been massive and I, I think if you've got kind of um uh a wider conversation happening at the outset i think that's would be to the benefit of any organization looking at this sort of form of investment in this form yeah, of technology. It, it, interesting he said that because actually um, I would uh, or wouldn't have a presuppose any any answer to that question, but but I would totally agree with you because to to truly to do it right, it's a journey. It's a you can't you can't shortcut that journey, and it's a, and it's also an organisational change. Unless you're a brand new business starting from scratch, you've got to go from operating in an old way to a new way, and you're not going to do that overnight. That's a that takes time, right? And, and and so I think I think you're right with that. I love the way as well, like you've said, Ben, is you've got to like have the right people on board. So basically, you know, you know, the team at the top as well, but take on your people along that journey and just be part of that during even from like day one. Because you're right, because it's that journey with everybody else that makes it one exciting, but also that thing of everybody then buys into this is what we're doing and we really trust it. So it enables to unlock a number of things. Yeah, that's been fascinating, Ben. Thank you for all the insight. Um, I think uh, last parting shot, maybe any um, any advice that you would get, like anything extra you wanted to communicate to any of our listeners who are thinking of going on this um, transformational journey that you would that, that you would want to pass on. Uh, yeah, sure. if you're one of our competitors, please hold off a couple of years before. <laughs> for- <laughs> that would be great. Um, I think that AI is a is a really important tool for people to be looking at. I think that uh, it can really help empower parts of your business and really help empower parts of that that customer experience. Whoever your customer is, whether you're a B two B or a B two C, a wholesaler, a distributor, a you know, a, a operating from DC or, or dropship, whatever your model might be, I think there's there's real potential and opportunity in looking at how. You can drive some of your decision making. How you can how you can resource your business differently because actually there's uh, there's scale opportunities you potentially couldn't have tackled before. And, and so I, I would I would honestly say to anyone who's who's interested in AI that that do pursue the conversation, do look at it, go in with an open mind, um, and um, uh, but don't shy away from making some difficult decisions when it comes to sort of looking at the, the technology I, I think it can really add value to 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 a to a vast majority of businesses so yeah awesome thanks ben much appreciated um yeah. and great to have you on the podcast yes th- thank you for having me thank you for having me it's been a pleasure
So we both hope you really enjoyed and took some key learnings from the interview with Ben today. As always, we want this to be a discussion and we'd love to get your views. So please drop us a message at PeakHQ and on all social media platforms and tell us your thoughts and give us your feedback. Until next time, see you later.